guys welcome back to another episode of the ike ma podcast i'm joining the studio today um with mr joshua nakagawa i hope i pronounced that correctly uh you did man you did well, um, actually oh good good <laughs> i will definitely remember that um and he's gonna be fighting is it in uh, no yes early march um at Cage Warriors 149 against Blake Perry. Yes, that is correct. March 3rd, I believe. Um, so look, um, how are you feeling and how's fight camp going? And just how are you feeling in the run up to the fight? You know, how how's the training? How's the weight cut coming along? Uh everything is on schedule. I'm peaking like cardio-wise and fitness-wise, I'm peaking at the right time. My weight's where it should be. And I've been extremely desperate extremely disciplined more so than in my past few fights and uh i just feel good man i'm in a good headspace i'm not stressed out this camp i did everything right and uh, i'm extremely confident going into this fight i feel great no uh that that is good um you know i feel i i just want to make sure i don't ask anything that's too awkward or anything that is maybe say like random or silly but just in like in your other fights as you thought that we were competing for in the past, what does it feel like as in just and getting prepared? Uh, you know, not just the weight cut or nutrition or just the typical sparring in the gym with your teammates. Uh, mentally, you know, uh, what does that feel like just in the run up to the fight? You know, also thinking that that there's an extra extra pressure with a crowd also watching you as well. Um. It gets better with time. You have to factor in that I had my first boxing match when I was like 12 or 13, and I had a decent amateur boxing and kickboxing career. So no doubt, anxiety and doubt still creeps in, but uh, it gets better with time. It was uh, my first Cage Wars was the largest show I've fought in, the most eyes on it, first time being on Fight Pass, stuff like that, when I fought uh, Jamie Lynch. Cool dude, he's also fighting on this card, another San Diego guy. Um, the anxiety and like, that was nerve wracking, but there was also, uh, there was some other factors in that. I wasn't very disciplined. I fell back into some bad habits during the pandemic. I was partying a lot. So I was really doubting myself. And that was a bit of a mind fuck, excuse my language, but there are a lot of external factors and that's not taking anything away from his win. He's a great fighter. It was just mentally going into that one that was pretty bad and then uh i fought again i took i'm on a two fight skid right now i'm actually two and two as a pro right now i lost my last two but uh going into the fight with devin i went into it feeling a lot better mentally i still wasn't as disciplined or working as hard as i should have been going into the camp and again that's not taking anything away from his win that's just how it how the cookie crumbled but I guess just after experiencing like what it's like being in like a very professional organization like Cage Warriors with cameras on you, a big crowd, it was a lot easier going into it the second time. And this time, a fight's never easy. There's always nerves involved, but I feel great, man. I'm pretty much at the point where if I'm not in the gym or on a run, I'm not thinking about this guy. I'm just going about my life, focusing on what I can control. And then when I'm in the gym, that's when I started thinking about how this fight's going to play out, but I'm not letting it take up too much of my uh, mental energy, not letting it rent too much space in my head, man. Just staying happy, living a good life this camp. Yeah, it does. 
that's good to hear. It's also very refreshing to hear. I mean, me, maybe it's because I've never actually been in a fight, which may might be in a controlled environment, but there's also the added pressure of being watched by many people who want to see you win. Of course, there'll be other people that who want to see you lose. They want to see the, the other guy win. Um, I've got to say that I would still be full of nerves still. But I guess you're right. Something that the more you do it, the, the, the more use you, you, you get to it, Um, I suppose so. Yeah, and um, I used to place a lot of, like, a lot of pressure on myself with other people's expectations. Like, oh, like, are these people still going to be my friends if I lose? Are they going to like me? Blah, blah, blah. And um, honestly, like, how, uh, how much, like, is it a big deal if I swear? Can I just talk how I usually talk? Yeah, look, I, I, I was going to tell you, look, say anything like the foul language. I mean, I, I don't swear that I'm not going to get excessive but... or, like, offensive, but, like, I, I no. could. There, but, like, okay, cool. Oh, cool. So um, a lot of the pressure I've placed on myself in the past yeah. has been, like, putting other people's expectations of myself on me. Like, oh, what if I don't live up to their expectations? Are people still going to like me or, like, think highly of me if I don't, like, if I don't perform well, if I don't do well in this fight, but I'm at a point where I'm like happy enough with myself and at peace with myself enough to like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know. I'm not where I'm not doing this. Yeah. For I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. fighting because I genuinely enjoy martial arts. Like cage wars is a good show that could lead to other opportunities, but I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm doing this shit. Cause I enjoy it. And like, if somebody of opinion of me or like, the way they treat me changes because of a win or a loss. I'm like, fuck that person. I don't give a fuck. I don't want them in my life. But no, so I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I have I have pressured myself out because of other people's expectations of me in the past. But now it's just like I'm doing it because I enjoy it. It makes me happy, and I just love the challenge, and I love the growth that takes place in these fight camps. Like, you grow as a human being mentally, yeah. physically, spiritually, and, like, I really love it. I love the challenge, and... If you're going to switch up on me based on the results of a fight, like, I just wish you did it a long time ago and I didn't waste any time being friends with you. No, no, of course. You kind of uh, bring something else to mind. Um, so I'm assuming for what you told me that you've had you've had the experience whereby as you're progressing your, through your mixed martial arts career, uh, you've won lots of fights where you've had success you've let's say gained some friends and probably some other people who might not be on the same similar path as you they get envious or they say god you're spending too much time in the gym you're spending too much time doing this or that and gradually they um just you stop hearing from them they you know they just break off all contacts completely um yeah man i've dealt uh i'm not gonna get too deep into it just because you never know who's gonna end up watching this but I've definitely seen envy come up, uh, a lot of insecure people out there, and it's damaged some close relationships to me. But at the end of the day, like, it is what it is. It wasn't totally envy. I also played a part in, like, these falling outs. But I've definitely seen envy come into play, and it's human nature. It's just I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I can get envious at times, but fortunately, I've grown up enough to where I don't let it... I don't let myself lash out at another person like yeah there's gonna be a second where i'm like oh fuck this guy he doesn't deserve that that should be mine that's human nature you're gonna feel that but i kill that thought dead in its tracks and i move on and i don't treat people i try not to treat people different but yeah i've seen people get weird and especially dealing with fighters we're all a bunch of head cases some of us hide it better than others but we're all kind of fucking weird mentally 
That's why we fight. If we were females, we'd be strippers. (laughs) (laughs) If I had boobs, I would be dancing on a fucking pole getting dollars thrown at me. Um, So, I mean, sometimes when when you come to the much more formal individuals that are involved that are involved with you because of things such as your people such as your managers your agents even um affiliates or sponsor or individuals that represent sponsors and brands with if they see you're not winning getting the wins in as much as you can they kind of just disassociate themselves from you entirely i mean or more or less let's let's be much more um interesting where they stab you in the back kind of do they um I don't take it personal, man. I'm honestly going into this with the least amount of sponsors I've had as a pro, but I'm on a two fight skid. You get what the fuck you get. Like I didn't, if I was winning and they dropped me, I would get it. But like, it is what it is, dude. Like I, I'm on a two fight skid. I wouldn't fucking sponsor me. I'm a businessman. Be like, do I really want to give this guy free money, free product, whatever, if he's not performing well, like, no, it's a bit like, I don't take it personal. And my manager's cool. Like he doesn't, he's there. He does give a shit. I do take pride in representing Wolf Sports MMA, but he's still getting me fights. And he's just, he's cool. He's a very good manager. But as far as the sponsors go, I'm going into this with less sponsors, but I honestly feel like I deserve less sponsor. Like after I get a good win in Cage Wars, this next fight, I expect my sponsorship opportunities to increase. But yeah, I mean, you get what you get. I'm not sad about it. I see exactly where I stand. I'm on a two. I'm two and two as a pro. I'm on a two fight skid. I get it. I ask this question to every um, combat sports athlete and every person associated with the sports one, one way or the other. For you yourself, how did you, um, as in your love, your passion for the sport, to get yourself involved to this extent where you're competing professionally? Where did that, did that start? Um, if you want to go like early on watching pro wrestling when I was five years old with my grandpa, like, oh, I want to be a pro wrestler. And, uh, I'm actually from Hawaii. So, uh, kids out there get into a lot of street fights and just like fighting and martial arts is a part of our culture. And when I was 12, there was a boxing gym down the road from my house. And I just wanted to go down there to like learn how to throw punches so I could like get into street fights or whatever. But zero ambitions of competing but then i just fell in love and then uh that was where my boxing career started and then when i was in eighth grade i got into a fist fight with one of my like best friends and he ended up taking me down and kind of whooping my ass so that summer i was like dad like i want to learn jujitsu and then i did jujitsu that summer then my freshman year in high school i wrestled and like so my love affair with boxing started and striking boxing and kickboxing started just out of curiosity just wanted to learn how to throw some punches and kicks and then I got beat up. So I was like, oh, fuck, I should probably learn how to grapple. So uh, I started learning how to grapple. And then I did decent as an amateur. And then, yeah, I, shit went kind of south when I turned 18. I couldn't fight for a couple of years. But I got back into it at 22 and went pro at, I think, like 27. And was there no, um, you know, again, was there no concerns maybe for your health? I mean, I do get that you um, you said in Hawaii where you come from that the lots of the kids they do get into low street fights. I mean, there was no concern for things like your health. Say if you would take a serious severe blow to the head, or probably if you broken an arm or an ankle. Um, 
No, not really. Like, I feel like maybe if my mom, my mom died when I was a little kid, maybe if she was around, she would have been worried. But my dad was just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you want to fight, fight. And uh, I also got into a lot of trouble. Like, I had a drug problem. I ended up incarcerated as a teenager. So, like, compared to the other shit I was doing, fighting was relatively safe. So they're like, fuck it. I'd rather have you, like, you know, fucking fully immersed in this than whatever else you're doing. So, one... I had a, I didn't really have that like female parental figure in my life who would have been worried. My dad was like, fuck it. Yeah. Fight. And two, I got myself into so much shit that like fighting was the safer option. Okay. So actually this was very, very good for years. And if not for this, uh, the story would have turned out a lot worse. Uh, it was, yeah still pretty bad at times but yes it's always been like my rock my salvation like i deal with some pretty bad substance abuse issues i'm coming up on a year of complete sobriety from alcohol and other substances just complete total sobriety but uh fighting's always what helped me reel it back in like when i would get way too out there on whatever i was doing at the time like i'd be like dude i just need to get back in the gym and it was a way to center myself and it's kind of become like the rock in my life so, um, currently you compete within the welterweight division. Before... I go back and forth between welterweight and 55. I'm a pretty small welterweight. So, if you were to move, let's say, from cage warriors to, let's say, if the, as in, if the UFC, if they want to sign you up, would you be happy to compete in any other weight division or you'll be happy to stay as you Because another thing I wanted to ask you is about the weight cuts and the things that I hear, the things that I've seen. Uh, weight cutting can be so so severe on the body. Some some athletes have actually fainted, or you know, other nasty it's things. Been fatalities, people have died. Um, honestly, I'm against it. I'm an undersized welterweight. Like I think my opponent's like six three. I'm five ten. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're both going to weigh in at 170 pounds within 24 hours of the fight, so I can live with it. But uh, I'm not a fan of drastic weight cuts. I've made 55 twice. It's extremely taxing on the body. And uh, yeah, if the money's right and it's like Bellator, UFC, PFL, I'll go back down to 55. But uh, it's definitely a lengthy process and I'm going to do it a lot differently. Like I used to just go on these like crash diets and cut like 35, 40 pounds and I'm already fairly in shape and lean. But uh if I ever do go back down to 55, it's going to be after like six months to a year of dieting. It's like a complete like lifestyle overhaul. It's not just a fight camp. It's like I have to eat, eat, sleep and shit like an athlete. 170, I can still live a fairly normal life out of camp and make weight. I'm not going to say relative ease, but safely. But if I'm ever going back down to 55, it means I'm on a solid career like my career is on a solid trajectory and i've been disciplined for like six months like it's a it's a lifestyle it's not a fight camp diet it's you're going to change your entire lifestyle to make for me making 55 weight cuts weight cuts weight cuts um for yourself as in when it comes to the making weight for the fight let's say cutting weight as in how do you know? Would you typically typically go about that? Is it to reduce your calories drastically? Lots of faster cardio and training, um, saunas. As in, how do you know? Would you normally go about that in preparation for the uh, competition? 
uh, long term, like when you start like being like, okay, I'm going to start getting ready for a fight and have my manager reach out to some promotions. It's just diet and volume of training. And then as you get closer, it's just tapering off the calories, upping your volume of training. And then there's a whole process that goes into the water cut, water loading, carbohydrate and sodium manipulation and just sweating it out. Hmm. I feel like, yeah, everybody's method is pretty similar. There's a lot of information out there. I'm actually, I hired a coach, uh, coach Tyler Wellen. So, uh, there's a lot of information out there about it and we all kind of do it the same way, man. It's carbohydrate, sodium and water manipulation towards the end. I, um, I do want to get your opinion on this story because it's just been going, um, it just is something I won't let up from the last uh, weekend of weekend of fights, the UFC two eighty four. Um, now, do you, in your own opinion, who do you think? I, I've not asked you, but I've got a feeling you might give me an obvious it's answer. About Hulk. Who do you think won that fight? Hulk, dude. I I also look at it from <laughs> actual artist standpoint, where it's like I respect the hunger, I respect the fire, I respect the drive, like I respect that dog in him. So mm-hmm. from that point. Yeah, I felt like Volk won, and he was the smaller guy. He didn't, he did get taken down and out wrestled for a second, but like, okay, they give points for control, right? When you're holding somebody down, Makashev got punched in his face more than Volk did when he had Volk's back in that body triangle. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of mitigated the control of whether it was the third or the fourth round, whatever that round was where Volk just, or Makashev stayed on his back. I really felt Volk won, or, I felt like Volk could have won that fight or it could have been a draw, but I wasn't surprised that they gave it to Makashev. I mean, like, he won he won on points, but I felt like Volk won the fight. Like, he pressed yeah, him, yeah. took the bigger guy down, he dropped him, he grounded, pounded him. Like, the look on Makashev's face when he was, like, in bottom guard, like, nobody's made those Dagestanis dude look, those Dagestani dudes look that human. Like, he was the first one. Like, it was like, oh, God, these guys are like Terminator. They're like machines. But, like, Volk went out there, took him down, dropped him, beat him up. And, like, I just remember, like, very vividly the look on Islam's face. Like, nobody's done that to those Dagestani guys. So, um, yeah, I get, I I really felt like Volk won. No, I, I, agree, I agree with everything you just said there, especially with what, what happened with them both on the ground by the fence. I mean, I'm surprised Volk didn't even tap. So that, I think that just gives testament to um, how much of a fight that the guy put up. And uh, it was a shock to see what the judges actually scored and how the win went the other way. <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, that was a... That was a weird one, man. That definitely showed some of the. All right, bye. That definitely showed some of the flaws in MMA judging. It's an imperfect system for, for sure. You know, I have to also say, uh, you know, the UFC. Well, let me ask you this: You do look like a quite a marketable fighter, and also, you, you obviously, you're very talented, also. Which of the bigger promotions, if if the opportunity came, what to arise, would you go to? I mean, again, there's the obvious on the UFC, but there's also Bellator, PFL, One Championship, and, and other and promotions out there. But I mean, for you yourself, I really want to go to Ryzen, man. I'm half Japanese. I'm from Hawaii. They're getting a bunch of Hawaiian fighters into Ryzen right now. 
And uh, that would be a dream come true. It would remind me of the Pride era, fighting in a ring in front of the Japanese fans, soccer kicks and stomps. Like, I would love to go to Ryzen. And as far as the rest of the organizations you mentioned, my answer is the highest bidder. I don't give a fuck on money. That's no, that's actually smart because at the end of the day, when you've uh, passed, I mean, you know, you can't cheat father time. So no, I'm 31, dude. I'm in the last five years of my career. I'm aware of that every day. I'm at the point where I'm not even trying to be a world champion, dude. I just want to hit the big stages because that's what I set out to do. Mm. Fight a couple of times, make some good money. Who knows? Maybe if I go do well enough, fight for a world title. That's cool, but that's not even like, dude, I'm 31 and I'm two and two. I'm not out here fucking blowing smoke up my own ass. I do know I'm capable of the big shows. I do know I am have the talent, but I don't know. I just, I'm 31. I'm not stupid. Yeah, but uh, what you said before, that was a smart sounds because you have to think ahead. I mean, you're not going to be fasting forever and you also need to look after yourself. And I do know that, um, well, I, I can't say for sure, but um. I'm not sure how much is it health insurance or so that most of the fighters have over there in the US. But I think once you've finished fighting and you, your contract's expired, one with the other, but I think you've got to start paying for in healthcare, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, I don't. I mean, I'm at the regional level, bro. I'm not making a whole lot of money. Again, right now, it's a labor of love. Um, But yeah, like I said, bro, it's a business. Like, if somebody's going to offer me more money, it doesn't really matter what logos on my shorts. Like, show me the money, show me my opponent. Um. So, March 3rd uh, against Blake Perry. Um. How do you see um that fight going? As in, what can we expect to see from me in, in the Octagon? Um, I honestly don't really want to get into this too much, but... I see myself winning, man. I'm going to go out there. I'm going out there in the best headspace I've ever went into a fight, the hardest I've ever worked, the best training partners. And just for the sake of not giving away too much information or getting disrespectful, I don't even really want to talk about it, man. Like, he's a tough okay. fight. He's going to come forward. We're going to fucking go for it. But I do see myself winning. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say, man. I don't. Even though we're about to fight, like, there's no need for me to talk a bunch of shit right now. I don't need to offend anybody. Like, we're going to say what we got to say when we see each other on March 3rd, and we're going to say it with our hands. But, uh, yeah, this is a winnable fight. I'm going to win this fight. I see myself winning. Like, I'm going into this with a good headspace. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say, man. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, last three questions, and these are about just about the other big fights we've got coming up. The Ultimate Fighter 30, Michael Chandler versus Conor McGregor. They're going to do the um, Ultimate Fighter of Season 31, uh, coaching all the new for up, new and up-and-coming up fighters. But after that, their own fight, who do you, who have you got? It depends on which Conor we get. Like, if we get, like... <laughs> no, seriously, if we get disciplined, uh, hungry, like... Hmm fucking martial artist connor probably connor mm. but uh honestly i that's a tough one i don't really know because bro all that stuff i said it depends on what connor we get you always get the same chandler and i don't mean that in a bad way like a one-trick pony you always get a fucking dog who's in shape and trying to kill you so honestly i would probably have to like if i had to like 
put mental odds on this. I'm like 60% Chandler, 40% Connor. Reason being is if the right Connor shows up, he can win. But like Michael Chandler always fucking shows up. So it's a, I don't know, man. My, my MMA math has never been very good, dude. Okay. This is going to be a big wig one um, because I probably can't get the other guy out of his head now. Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya. Ooh. If Izzy would wrestle, dude, I don't, again, bro, I'm probably like, I don't really bet too much on fights unless it's like a friendly bet. I don't really have too many picks. But if Izzy goes out there and stands with him, he's going to get knocked out again. He pretty, he's got Izzy's number striking wise. I like, yeah, he rocked him with that left hook, but like, Dude, you're like 0-2 in kickboxing, lost an MMA fight to him to strikes. But, dude, if Izzy goes out there and wrestles, like, Pajaya's wrestling and, like, grappling didn't look that get, like didn't look that good. I hope he doesn't see this and whip my ass one day. But, like, I'm just saying, like, dude, he, like, no offense, man. But I don't know. I feel like Izzy could have a much better ground game than him if he would be offensive with his wrestling and take him down. And lastly, they could say this. Is anyone taking it that, that seriously? But I'll ask anyway. Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. It looks like this time around the fight may just actually happen. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> fuck. I don't know, man. Tommy's not Tyson, bro. Yeah, yeah. Tommy's not Tyson, so I'm probably gonna go with Jake Paul, dude. He mm. seems like he's not very disciplined. He seems like he pulls out of a lot of fights. And he doesn't take it very seriously. Like, as much as I hate to say this, because like I think the guy's kind of a joke. Like I remember watching him on Disney Channel, and, like fucking weird ass cut, like just doing a bunch of weird ass shit. But like, bro, Jake Paul takes fighting seriously. And yeah, he's not fighting boxers. He's fighting retired MMA fighters, but he's fighting some dangerous dudes like he fought an old anderson silver and a woodley but like i wouldn't want to fight an old anderson silver or a woodley like i would if the price was right but like he's got balls he's taking fights against dangerous opponents and he takes it seriously and i think tommy fury is more of just like a playboy i don't i don't know anything about him but with the amount he pulls out and the amount of work he's not putting in kind of just seems like he's living off his brother's name and he's going out there for a paycheck but again i don't know that much about this situation You've heard recently that the WBC have made it official. So, well, they said I saw that like today that. that they're gonna rank uh, Jake Paul after this fight. Yeah, so I mean, I I made a post about it on my Instagram. I said this. I in my opinion, it changes everything for 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 as um uh, as far as Jake Paul is concerned because if he's ranked, I suppose he now does have some um uh, let me say some status and clouds now within combat sports, especially boxing, if he's going to be ranked. As for Tommy Fury, well, I said, look, um, Tommy Fury now has been used as a stepping stone for Jake Paul, to, for Jake Paul to increase his, right, his, uh, his, his clout in boxing and combat sports. Um, That's going to... That's going to look very poorly on Tommy's legacy, but that's just a yeah. part of the sport, man. It's just like some people... Some people are in and some people are in the way. Like, there's a lot of journeymen out there for a reason. And it could very well happen that he's a building block in Jake's legacy. Or Tommy could live up to the Fury name and beat Jake's ass. Yeah, no, you made some really good points there. Some stuff to think about. Look, How last... serious, 
I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. I'd like to ask you some questions. How seriously do you feel like Tommy Fury takes fighting? Um, look, when I heard about the matchup, this is way back last year, and um, Tommy Fury had to pull out because he, I think he said he went to the um to the airport to fly to the US, and then the uh, he was this is the excuse he gave anyway. They told everybody then, um, for one thing, reason or another, they barred him from entering the US. But later when it transpired that his family had been receiving funding from an Irish gangster, an Irish um, criminal syndicate family. I can't remember the names of the top I, of my head. I know who you're talking about, though. Like, Conor McGregor shot, shouted out that guy. Like, he's like a fucking gangster. Like, I know who you're... Fuck, I can't think of his name, but I do... Neither can I. And he's like Fury's boy, too. Or Yeah, well, obviously, we're talking about Fury, but like McCannahan or something. I know who you're talking about, dude. That's, that, that's probably... McCann- that's probably it, but I, I'd have to I don't to think it's exactly that, but I know it's that Irish gangster who's like, he just got picked up by Interpol or he's wanted by Interpol. I know exactly who you're talking about. I just yeah. can't put a name to it. You might be right, but I, I, I have to cross-check that. But, um, okay, Tommy Fury, the reason why I said that, um, I thought at the time that this would be actually be a proper match for Jake Paul is, and you know, yeah, he does look like a pretty boy, like a playboy. That's someone who's concerned about his looks and what and everything, whatever. But I think he's closely e- more evenly matched to Jake Paul in terms of age. A lot of the a lot of the opponents that Jake Paul okay. and his brother Logan Paul have um, competed against before in the past, they're all at least past the age of forty, late thirties, um, the most. But they're Out all of retired. Their time, for sure. Yes, uh, but this guy is still very in his prime. The thing is, mid to late twenties, so I think he's much more evenly matched to Jake Paul. Which is why I thought, which is why I thought in my in my eyes, this will now be a proper test for Jake Paul. We will see what he's really made of, and if he does win, then you know, there's not going to be like a, a shock. He's actually going to be ranked. So, you know, he's actually, I think, the people who are running the game now, you know, there's proof that they take him seriously. So let, let's just wait and see what happens. Let's just wait and see if the fight itself actually goes ahead, you know, because that that was a problem last time. Yeah. Um, if not, I'm not mad at the alternate, dude. I would love to see Mike Perry get in there and fight uh, Jake Paul. Did you hear about oh, yeah. that? that? Mike Perry's the potential alternate? Yes, yeah. I feel I like Mike that. Perry's just a fucking dog from South mm-hmm. Florida, and I would love to see him win or lose, just get that paycheck, man. Like, I'm a huge Mike Perry's like Florida man crazy. He's out of his fucking mind, and I'm a huge fan of him, and he's got a chance. Like, I feel like Jake's a little bit better of a boxer, but Perry's got a chance. He's not just going to run through him. And like you said, that was a very valid point that I didn't think of. That they're close in age. It's not fighting like Uncle Anderson Silva or Uncle Tyrone Woodley, who are like in their 40s. Like he's fighting another fucking low, like what's Mike Perry, like 30, 31, like somebody in their, their early 30s. Like that could be a competitive fight. And I would honestly much rather see, even though Fury's might, I don't know who, I don't even know anything about Fury's boxing skills, but I would love to see Mike Perry and Jake Paul fight. Look, uh, just a family before you um, round up, are there any um family, friends, and sponsors and affiliates you want to give a shout out to? Um, no, no, I mean, cannabis, uh, wait, not cannabis, sorry, uh, Solace Hemp Oil Co., my boy, uh, Manny Solace, he's been like my sponsor since my first pro fight, a very loyal friend, we're actually personal friends, and uh, honestly, to all my sponsors of the past, 
just like thank you guys for sponsoring me when you could and whether it's financial difficulties or just the fact that I don't have a two fight skid, I get it. There's no hard feelings. Thank you guys for helping me out in the past. And uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Just thank you to my family, my friends, my coaches, or my coaches, training partners, all that stuff, man. But that's about it, bro. Joshua, once again, thank you so much for taking out you taking out some time to come on the show. Um, I really appreciate it, and definitely we have to get you back on the show very soon. Thank you, man. I'd like that. This was a great conversation. Thank you. Guys, if you enjoyed that episode, if you enjoyed this episode, excuse me, don't forget to hit the like button and the subscribe button. To, I really would like that. It helps the channel grow. And also you can catch an audio episode of this on the major platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Joshua, th- once again, thank you so much. Take right, care. Thank you, brother. Nice talking to you. Yeah.